We have big plans for 2023, and Mike Huseman stops by to drop some transfer portal knowledge. Should be fun. You are locked on Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. As always, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video itself. Anyway, today we're going to talk a little bit about the Ole Miss Lady Rebels. Um, Coach O has done a fantastic job. I do not know a whole bunch about them. I'm just, much like you guys, starting to pay attention to them. But they're, what, 13-2 and two at the moment? Um, they are 2-0 and in the SEC. Their only losses are to a ranked Utah team and a ranked Oklahoma team, both away and um, at a neutral site. So Ole Miss is actually undefeated at home, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken about that. Let me look at that. Yep, that is absolutely the case. The Lady Rebs um, are led by Angel Bakers, averaging 14.6 points a game. Snutter Collins, um, 11.9. Madison Scott, 11.2. But this is the statistic that gives me a little bit of hope going forward about this team. Defensively, they're giving up 52.3 points a game, and they are scoring an average of 73, which means they are averaging winning by a little bit over 20 points a game. That's unbelievably impressive. And that, that is your introduction to this team. Coach Yo has done a fantastic job. But the reason that they are leading this show is because they were able to win in Starkville. And that doesn't sound like a huge accomplishment, but this is the first time since like 2007 that they have done that. 2007, you know, that's when I left Oxford. So this is the first time they've won since I have not lived in that town. But even on top of that, what this represents is the reason this is the story. Around that time, they hired, I forget his name, the coach from Fresno State that ended up having a lot of problems going on, getting getting NCAA probation, ended up getting fired in disgrace for academic scandal. It, it was not a good, good situation around the women's team. They ended up hiring, um, I forget his name, um, Scott Ensel or, you know, it was Rick Ensel's son. I know Rick from MTSU. Um, but they hired his son from Kentucky. He struggled as well. And by the time Coach O was hired, this was absolutely a bare-bones program. I mean, there were SEC games that Ole Miss played to where you look up and it's like they played South Carolina, and the score at the end of the first half would be 50-8. to I mean, it, it it was an extreme mismatch going on. But Coach O kept plugging and kept plugging and recruiting and plugging and recruiting and plugging. And now she's gotten to a point where some of these results are getting turned. And beating Mississippi State in Starkville for the first time in 15 years is definitely a step in the right direction. And I just wanted to congratulate Coach Yo Yo and what she is doing with the Lady Rebs and 
how much better this basketball team looked. We got excited a little bit last year at the NCAA tournament. They got in there. They got their original ride. This team, this team has a chance to expand on that and go a little bit further. This is a good basketball team, even without Shakir Austin in the middle. They kind of have their ducks in a row. So I will be paying attention to them the rest of the season, and I, I imagine all of you will as well, But because they have a chance to do some stuff that when Van Chancellor was here was an every-year occurrence. When Carol Ross was here was an every-year occurrence. Now it has a chance to get back to that level. Everybody be- remembers the Elite Eight they went to way back when um, with our mini price. They, this team has a chance to do something. I don't know if it's similar or what's going on, but I, I want to see them and judge them against South Carolina and the top of the league. I want to see where they sit with those guys because they've proven they've gotten to the point where they are an upper middle of the pack SEC team when they were firmly at the bottom 10 years ago. So if you see Coach O, congratulate her. If you live in Oxford, Go to the game Thursday against Vanderbilt. These girls honestly deserve your time. And this is actually a good basketball team. We'll see what um, Kermit Davis does um, going through their brutal four-game stretch. But Tim Thomas will talk about the men's game against Alabama and going into the, I guess, Auburn game um, for the weekend or maybe Mississippi State. Um, on Friday. We'll have him on Friday. So he'll handle that. But I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about Coach O and the ladies team. They're doing a, for lack of a better word, phenomenal job. And they're just kind of flying underneath the radar at the moment. Coach O, turns out, was a phenomenal hire. She was absolutely the right person to lead the basketball team. And they're they're getting pretty good. And I think we should all celebrate that and pay attention. I know on this show, this is mainly a football podcast. I know that. There's going to be a football podcast probably in the third segment of the show for the next six months. Nobody else is going to talk about football. We're going to talk about football. But there is a place for women's basketball. There's a place for baseball. There's a place for basketball. And then we're going to talk about those as well. That's the reason we have the experts association associated with the show to come in and talk about that. Because I might, for lack of a better word, know a ton, you know, know all um, about college football. But when it comes to college baseball, college basketball, women's basketball, I'm admittedly at a disadvantage. So we bring other people on that can fill in for my weaknesses as well. So, should be pretty good. If you get a chance, go check out the game. I think it was against Vanderbilt Thursday night in Oxford at the Pavilion. Um, and just lay eyes on these girls. They're, they're doing a pretty phenomenal job at the moment. And I just don't think that needs to be glossed over. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends of every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, which just ended, to um, basketball and the recently ended World Cup. 
We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those as well at BetOnline. We're always the fastest and easiest way to check your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're going into our second year. This is our anniversary show, our one-year anniversary show, to where we've gained nearly 3,200 subscribers in the first year. We have big goals for the second year. Namely, we want to get to 7,000. That is our magic number that we're trying to get to by the end of 2023. 7,000 subscribers. And we're going to do that, A, by focusing on hot-button type things. We're going to have a take on them one way or another. And we're going to allow for many perspectives to be on the show. It doesn't necessarily matter what I say. It matters what all of us say. When you add them all together, you can eventually get to the truth. And, you know, Derek and Kara and Tom and Tim do a fantastic job on the show on a daily basis. But I would like to add to that. Um, I've already taken two or three perspectives down, somebody that might be interested to do it. But if you think your perspective is the right thing for this show and could add something to it, feel free. Let me know. Hit me up. Send me a DM on Twitter. You can see the Twitter address at the Stephen Willis. Send me a DM on Twitter. Let me know exactly why your perspective should be heard, and we'll think about and try and put you on the air just like the other guys. And you will be welcome in upon our family, and we will have a good time all the way through. Because following Ole Miss Sports, the number one concern is having a good time. That's what we're trying to do. And People have fun different ways. They care about different things. But in the end, we try to make it fun for everybody. It doesn't matter necessarily what I say. It doesn't matter what any of our guests say. But they all have the right to say it. So um, if you have a perspective and you want to be heard, let me know. Reach out to me. Twitter handle at the Stephen Willis. Shoot me a DM. All right. Our subscriber count, we do want to get up to 7,000 subscribers by the end of the year we also want to expand our merch catalog now we are not currently in the merch business we have as you can see here some special made stuff that we've gotten done but this is how we are going to start the process we are we have ordered i don't know 10 or 20 um embroidered polos navy blue um with this logo on it and we are going to, A, give them to Kara, Derek, Tim, and Tom. You know, we're going to take care of them because thank you for them for helping us. But we're also going to take the, take the rest to be able to give giveaways on. Now, the size might not exactly be the right thing, but we would like to give away these polos to some of our most avid listeners. And we're going to do things like, hey, if you've got the best story about your first Ole Miss game, you're going to win. So put them down in the comment section below. Or 
Give me your best bowl memory. Stuff like that. Those, those questions in the comments. Your story is going to be the thing that sets you apart. But we want to give away those polos and honestly give you something to wear and allow you to wear a logo out around the streets because I think we're doing really cool work here. I think we're doing different work that is not necessarily available in other places. And, you know, it's amazing not doing the news thing. I, I, that is my favorite part of this is not actually doing the news. So perspectives and commentary is exactly what we do. That's all that we do. We're going to talk about the stories that are important to Ole Miss fans, but we're not going to ever break news. I might hear some stuff. People might send me some DMs. But if I find out some juicy information that was sent to me, I generally forward it to a reporter because I don't want it. Now, it's always good to know. It's always good to feel like an insider time to time. But when it comes to news breaking, that's not something we want to do. And if you're expecting that, I don't know if I can help you, <laughs> honestly. But this show has been a phenomenal, phenomenal vehicle for me. This two-year journey, because we are at two years now, if you count the pre-locked-on era of doing this, we went a year without making a cent. Now, we were able to do that because of planning and everything's going on. That's, that's not important. But we needed to find the right vehicle. We tried the Rebel Walk for a little bit. We tried for whatever. And for whatever reason, no vehicle stuck. And then we got on with the Locked On family. And since then, it has taken off. And I don't think I can let you know exactly how much it has taken off. It's crazy. I'm expecting nearly 20 times as much than I did on our first month. That much growth, 20 times growth, and not just of a view count or anything like that. I'm talking about real tangible things that you live on. So thank you very much for that. And over the six months, it's going to be a little bit slower. It just always is. But football season's going to come. It always comes. And your favorite cocky Ole Miss fan will be back. And he'll be talking about stuff. And we're going to be talking about how Ole Miss football can reach their goals in the fall. That is going to be a segment that we talk about. When we're not talking transfer portal or um, high school recruiting or spring practice, every football piece will be how can Ole Miss reach their goal. Because there's going to be some people that looks at Ole Miss's schedule in football in the fall. And just look at it, oh, that's a five and seven schedule. Well, first of all, not one time, not one time, can you look at these things in January and tell how they're going to be in September, period. If so, Tulane won two games last year. Tulane won 12 games this year. Largest turnaround in NCAA tournament history, or NCAA football history. You think in February they had any idea that that was possible? Now, Michael Pratt was a good quarterback. Ty J. Spears, thank goodness he's gone, by the way. Great player. Do you think anybody projected 12 wins? No, they didn't. And that is just honestly understandable. 
when you look at these turnarounds, and turnarounds are happening so much quicker now than they used to, that you can't just point to the fall and say, well, this is going to happen. Oh, we play Alabama and Georgia, it's going to be hard. Yeah, we play in the SEC West. Every year is going to be hard. If you're a 9-win team, if you're a 10-win team, it doesn't matter if it's hard. You're still a 9- or a 10-win team. I think the hardness and the difficulty of the schedule only matters if you consider yourself a 6-win or a 7-win team and you're teetering on that bowl game precipice. I think that is when schedule difficulty really matters because as we see every year, everybody assumes that this team and that team is going to be really good. It never turns out like that. Everybody thought Texas A&M was going to be the bee's knees this year. Well, they win five games. Some good players, but five games? I think next year some patience will be required. Anyway, in the next segment after this break, we're going to have Mike Huseman hopefully, we haven't recorded that yet, um, to talk about the transfer portal and everything that's going on there, some names to watch, some stuff like that. This will be our first time that we've had Mike on the actual show. He's done spaces before with us. We're not going to have it. Um, we didn't have a space last night because we wanted to have him on today. Um, and we'll see what's up with Mike. So anyway, stick around and we'll get right back with Mike Usman. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are indeed free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. I'm here with Mike Huseman. He's the transfer portal czar. How you doing, Mike? Doing well. Yeah, glad to be here. It's uh, first time on the, the podcast. We've done the Twitter spaces before, but glad to finally see a face. Yeah, seriously, it is a lot of fun. Anyway, I've been talking over the last couple of days about the inevitable transfer portal reset that was going to happen after the bowl games ended. Talk about the dynamic a little bit of the transfer portal going in the early part of the window and the late part of the window before it closes on the 18th. So the early part of the window, you get higher volume. Way more guys go in, but a lot of those guys go in because of lack of playing time. They're not seeing the field as much as they would like, and that's the facts of it. So if we're looking at an overall spectrum, you know, percentage, probably 85% of the guys that will go in have already went in. But the guys that have yet to go in and will are oftentimes better players who are helping their teams more and looking for a fit that is going to help them in one or two years get to the NFL better. Uh, Sam Hartman's a great example of that. A guy waited till after the bowl game. He has one year left. He is, you know, we assume he's going to Notre Dame. In any case, he's not going back to Wake. He's going to go somewhere that's going to give him a better one-year audition for the NFL. Okay. So I think it's a... Um, more guys go in early on, but guys who are going to be immediate contributors and have been playing more have yet to go in. And much of that centers around they're going to play through the bowl games. 
see how that goes, but they have to make that decision within the next week or two because of the practicality of you have to be enrolled for classes and the spring semester starts. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk. What are what are some names that you have that might be fits for Ole Miss moving forward into the second part of the window? So I think Joshua Cobbs is a guy to look for. He was a wide receiver from Wyoming, and we're hearing that the Rebels have a good chance to get him. He's a tall, big-bodied guy. Don't, um, not quite as big as Marshall, but probably thicker. He, um, yeah. And at Wyoming, they don't throw the ball a ton. It's a different style of passing game, play action, more of your NFL style throws. But I think he's an outside fit if he goes to Ole Miss. I mean, he's, he's not going to be that slot type guy that they look for. But on the outside, he is absolutely a P5 player somewhere. Um, and then in looking at Ole Miss and the guys at the portal, I think the line and beefing up those side, you know, both lines is where we're going to see more of their action. They're probably not going to go after a quarterback. Um, I will say I, I may have been wrong early on. I thought they would for sure target a running back. Um, I, I was pretty set from early on that um, Evans was going to go to the draft, which he now has, and that they would get a guy to compliment Judkins. I don't know if that's a priority anymore. Maybe Lane likes who they have, um, whether that's Bentley coming back or he has another guy on the roster he likes. We're not hearing the running back position being guys they are after. Uh, tight end-wise, um, Blake Smith, who is at A&M, is a top-notch tight end. He, he could be a good addition. He's a guy who could fit almost any system. He end line, H back, could could play a lot of places, move him around. He he certainly looks the part and he's one of those guys. He won't just end up at AP five school. It'll be a ranked team that's competitive where he's gonna end up. Um and you know you look at him uh, size wise, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but he he would have to be between that 250 and 260 range. He's a thick bodied guy who isn't super tall, but is tall enough. Um, and at, at the O-line is where I think we see some of their, um, you know, potential for the Rebels. Um, a couple guys that I, you know, had earmarked that they um, are still in that they could look at are John Campbell, O-Tackle from Miami, Florida, and then Damian George Tackle from Bama, who is, George isn't a fit everywhere. He's an absolutely mammoth of a person who is really good at downhill run blocking. And I think because of the way Ole Miss runs, he, he could work there. Um, and then I was deliberate to say Miami, Florida for Campbell, because we have guard Caleb Schaefer, who was at Miami, Ohio, teammate with John Saunders, and one of the better guards left in the portal. I think he's a guy to watch for. And it wouldn't shock me if he ends up there. He has, you know, other schools interested in him as well. Certainly go to a P5 school, but he's he's a guy to see. Um, 
on the defensive side of the ball, I'm not sure. I wasn't on last week, even on the Twitter space. Did you talk about Joshua Harris at all? D tackle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. A little bit. So, yeah. I think he's a great fit. Like he, he mm. looks the part of the way their interior D linemen have been um, on the edge and at linebacker. We have multiple A&M guys who I think could be possibilities. Um, Donnell Harris and Marcus Burris are both edges who it's a position you can never have too much of. You always want them fresh. You want to have three or four of them that are good, um, depending on the style of, of a tackle passing game you're going to see. And they were both high recruits who left A&M like so many. I mean, they've, they're a team who they've gotten killed in the portal this offseason. They've also killed it in bringing in guys too. So they've, they've replaced almost as well as they've gotten. But obviously with bringing in Marshall, um, and most of the A&M guys we see leaving are going to other major schools. So I think there are two to look for. One of the most interesting guys in the portal, who I think we should watch out for, he's not as highly known, but it's Ish Harris. Um, he's nominally an inside backer, but he's only about 195 pounds, and he's 6'4". He is super rangy, gangly, has the you know, Gumby looking arms. So he's definitely a tweener, but athletic as can be. And I think in their defensive setup, he could play almost anywhere across that level two area. And I, I have no idea um, if he's considering Ole Miss. He's been very tight, but we don't know anywhere that he's considering. But I think it's a fit and something that could be an interesting thing to watch for and then um J- jeremiah john baptiste did you have you talked about him at all he was a linebacker from ucf I've, I've talked about him but go ahead okay so um linebacker who um was a surprising one I, I think a lot of people didn't expect that he would enter the portal but um he he did um one year left to play well i should say He's a senior. I don't know if he has two years because of the wonky, you know, 2020 COVID year. Um, he's your kind of prototypical inside backer. He's 6'1", 6'2", probably 225 squat guy, going to play A to A gap. Um, and he'll see the field, I, I think, right away. Um, the last guy on D who I think is one to look for that could be a big get um, – across from Saunders would be J.D. Coffey, defensive back at Texas. And top-notch guy, um, most of the SEC Big 12 schools are going to be looking at him. But I think with the way Lane has utilized the portal, they'll be in the mix for him if they want him. And he he could be a good instant contributor for them as well. All right. Um, And I hate to blindside you um, because about 15 minutes before we started recording – Julius Wellskopf, the German from Michigan, went into the yep. transfer portal. We know that Chris Partridge has a relationship up there with the Mason Blue, the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Do you know anything about that recruitment? Because a 6'7", 270-pound edge player seems like that that's probably the ballpark they want to be playing in. In terms of his recruitment, I can't say I know much. Hmm. Um, as a player – he is 
kind of a unicorn. I mean, like we see with some of these players from foreign countries, he's extremely raw, but he has talent that is NFL caliber. You don't play at a school like that being that raw unless they see something in you. So um, in terms of how his high school recruitment looked, I don't know where else he was considering, but he certainly is a guy that's going to get looked at just because almost anybody will be willing to take a flyer on him because the upside is so enormous. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Mike, thank you so much for stopping by today, and we have to do this again before the window closes in a couple weeks, man. Absolutely. I yeah, would be glad to. All right. Take care, bud. You too.